Welcome to the Half Hill Report. News and items of interest for and about the village of Half Hill, the Valley of the Four Winds, Pandaria, and all of Azeroth. Half Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the greater Valley of the Four Winds community. I'm your host, Tosh Mafuni, coming to you live once again from my parents' house. Well, actually, as you can probably hear, in the barn next to my parents' house. Kind of a long story there, but still conveniently located just a short Mushan ride from the upstairs room at the Lazy Turnip Bend. And it's listener letter time. This week's letter is from, let's see here, Razlix Rustride, who writes to us all the way from Bilgewater Harbor. And he writes... Dear Tashi, I've been a friend of Rizak for a long time now, ever since the old days in Orgrimmar. I listened to your show last week with Cassandra, and I decided I gotta speak up for Rizak. Uh-oh. You guys were way off base in that bit about the orphans. One, Rizak knows about orphans. I know about orphans, because we were there and we were orphans. Oh, that's that's sad. He feels for orphans more than most people do. Sure, he likes making gold, but that don't make him wrong about orphans. Second, and this is the most important part, after putting Rizak down for suggesting that people should take orphans out for rides around the city, you went and suggested that people should take orphans out of the orphanage more often than just during Children's Week. I couldn't believe my ears. How is that fair? Sure, Rizak put a commercial spin on it. Yeah. Which isn't to some people's taste. But you said exactly the same thing he said. Where's the logic in that, huh? Your disgruntled listener from Bilgewater Harbor. (sighs) Razlik Rust Drive. (sighs) You know... I'm honestly thinking about dropping the listener letter segment. Thanks for writing. And now, on with the news. In science news, following up on a previous story, scientists and scholars throughout Azeroth are expressing further concern about what appears to be a significant extinction event. In addition to the previously reported looming extinction of the mighty caravan Brutosaur, data is now showing that the awakened Mindborer and the uncorrupted Voidwing are both headed for extinction. While researchers here at Half Hill Ag state that the loss of these species don't represent a significant loss in biodiversity, they are warning that this could be due to an apparent loss of interest in the healing of our world from the wound inflicted by Sargeras. The researchers at Half Hill Ag released a joint statement, which reads in part, We have a rapidly closing window of time to address this existential threat to our fragile ecosystem, and this must be addressed before it's too late. Hey folks, it's never too late for you to find the best deals on all your farm, garden, and kitchen supplies when you shop with the fine vendors of Half Hill Market. Why not stop by on your next trip into town and rediscover Half Hill Market? 
open every day, all year round. A world of shopping, right here in our own backyard. It's time now for Jan's Huddle, with our resident sports reporter, Jan Ironchin. Brought to you by Moonberry Juice. Take it away, Jan. An Iron Chin here with another breaking story. Following on the heels of the name change of the Fighting Fells of Orgrimmar Community College to the <laughs> to the Orgrimmar team, several other teams throughout the league have announced that they're considering similar moves to remove the possibility of any controversy surrounding their team names. In response to growing public pressure, the league has issued guidance stating that teams should consider removing from their team names any references to violence, such as the fighting Farstriders, or words with negative connotations like the Bilgewater Buccaneers. Huh. I wonder whether Bilgewater or Buccaneer is the negative word there. You know, this movement has affected even me personally. My wife Irie told me that my weekly sign-off This is Jan Ironchin reminding you to keep your boots clean and your balls dry. Could be considered offensive. Personally, I don't see it, but I sure wish she hadn't told me by organizing a protest by the Red Crane Society outside our house. So, (laughs) now I've got to come up with a new sign-off. What do you think, listeners? I'm open to suggestions. Thanks, Jan. Huh. I wonder what could be offensive about his sign-off. Keep your boots clean and your... Oh, wow. That's been awkward. Well, we should definitely help Jan come up with a new sign-off. Drop us a note with your suggestion, folks, and I'll read them on the air. Jan's Huddle is sponsored by Moonberry Juice. Sold everywhere. Used by everyone. Checking the Azeroth calendar, well, it's a quiet week coming up here in Azeroth. The Dark Moon Fair will strike its tents later today, but Silas Dark Moon will be back next month for another celebration of all that's weird and wonderful in Azeroth. But for those of you with a sense of fashion, this is a pretty good month, as free t-shirt day is coming up, and at the end of this month, the fashionistas of Azeroth will gather once again for Professor Talib's favorite event, The Trial of Style. It would normally be time for our weekly feature, Wandering with Velmic and Demesis, but Velmic couldn't be here this week, or... Well, that's what his note said. I, uh... I think I may have hurt his feelings last week when he showed up during the interview with Cassandra. But thankfully, the noted elf about town, Eliandor, happened to be in town this week and agreed to fill in. So, Eliandor, welcome back. And, really, thanks for filling in this week. Yes, well, I suppose one must do something to pass the time here. By the way, your parents' house is charming. Who would have thought to decorate with hay and farm tools? We're, um, actually in the barn. Oh, really? I would have never known the difference. (sighs) Okay, we're... Off to a great start. So, Eliandor, when I ran into you at the turnip, you said that you and your twin sister Shala were on your way to the Tian Monastery for some rest after a trip to Ashenvale. So I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about it. 
Well, I'm here, so I might as well. So Shala and I had been back home in Silvermoon after that absolutely wretched visit to Bilgewater Harbor when she received a letter from a fellow named Jinx at the Silver Wind Refuge who needed her services. Her, um, services? Yes. Shala occasionally provides personal and somewhat discreet services. I find the whole thing terribly banal, but apparently she's well paid for this, and Daddy approves of that, at least. I usually tag along just in case she needs any healing. Why would she need... Personally, I didn't want to travel to Ashenvale. The place really hasn't been the same since that unfortunate business with Teldrassil. Interesting understatement. Oh, please, get over it already, won't you? Anyway, apparently this Jinx fellow was offering quite a bit of gold, and Shala was getting bored, what with the summer social season and Silvermoon winding down. So off we went. Shala decided to leave Mr. Puffles at home. He was suffering from a bad case of Cracker Dragon, so we had to take public transport, which is always tiresome, down to Booty Bay for a boat to ratchet and then yet more public transport to Silverwind Refuge. Well, we both felt so disheveled by the time we got to Silverwind that we decided to put off meeting with Foreman Jinx till the next day and just spend the evening at the inn. Oh, great. So, tell us about the inn. How were the food and the accommodations? It's no wayfarer's rest for certain, but it sufficed. Innkeeper Chintoka does well as one might expect for an orc, and the place is classic night elf, even though it has been cluttered up in typical orcish style. But it did have a lovely view of Mistral Lake, which turned out to be quite convenient, actually. Oh, really? How so convenient? Oh, let's just say if someone wanted to dispose of something large in a discreet manner. Shala wanted to spend the evening getting to know the area, and I suppose it was quite beautiful at one time before they cut down all those trees. There was a lovely path down to a charming little stand of trees which somehow escaped being denuded in the logging operation. I suppose they were too small, but they did offer a nice shade and conveniently cut off most of the sight lines to the rest of the refuge. Of an evening's walk down to the lake, it's wonderfully dark and the sky is full of stars and no inconvenient bright lighting, so it'd be easy for a dark, secluded rendezvous. That's an oddly specific set of details. Sight lines? No inconvenient bright lighting? Yes, well, Shala can be quite particular about things when she's working. So the next morning, Captain Tarkin told us we could find Foreman Jinx at the quite appropriately named Skunk Works. Honestly, what a smell. And what a tiresome fellow that Jinx was. All he could talk about was some orc infantryman named Throm Sourhorn, who he was convinced had stolen the affections of an orc female named Cromula from him. We had met Cromula the night before, and frankly, even if you set aside the height difference, I can't see that working out at all. Anyway, I wasn't paying very close attention, but he was quite specific about what this orc looked like and where Shala could find him. 
Eleandor, weren't you at all curious about any of this? Not in the least. Like I said before, I find this little sideline of Shalaz to be quite banal. Yeah, yeah, you, you mentioned that. So that evening, we left the inn and went out into the main garrison area. Shalaz seemed to be having a little trouble finding this Throm fellow, but a nice Sergeant Dontrag pointed him out. Once we found Throm, Shala found a way to strike up a conversation with him, and she was her usual alluring self. I'm always surprised at how adept, calm, and professional she is at times like that. And from what I could observe, this Throm fellow was pleased with her attention, although why he would ever think Shala would look twice at such a bore, I have no idea. Well, remember that nice little stand of trees I mentioned? Yeah, but I'm not entirely sure I like where this story is going. You might as well hear it out to the end, dear boy. Shala suggested a walk down to the trees, and the last time I saw Throm, he was eagerly following Shala around to that very place. Wait, what do you mean the last time you saw him? Well, just that. Shala came back on her own a few minutes later, looking only a little bit must but decidedly pleased with herself. I, I'm almost afraid to ask this, but what did Shala do? And what became of Throm? Oh, well, I suppose any number of things could have happened. I mean, I did hear a rather large splash in the lake, but that could have been anything, really. There are all those water elementals, after all, and they can be quite dangerous. All I know for sure is that we went directly back to Foreman Jenks, who seemed quite happy with the outcome, and handed her a rather substantial amount of gold. I... I just have no idea how to react to this story, and I'm not entirely sure I want any more details about what it is Shalat does with this... What did you call it? Sideline of hers? I've learned it's best not to ask, dear boy. It can be a bit unpleasant and messy at times. I just count the gold afterwards, and honestly, I'm happy that Shala is a hobby she enjoys. She's so unpleasant when she's bored. Yeah, I can just imagine. So, is there anything else you want to tell us about Silverwind Refuge? Maybe that doesn't involve a mysterious and rather disturbing disappearance of an innocent orc? Oh, I don't know. Let me think. Well, the second hammock from the left in the inn leans to the left, and I'd avoid the roasted quail that innkeeper Chintoka sells. It seemed a bit off. Okay, that was useful. Eliandor, thanks again for filling in for Velmic this week. Not at all, dear boy, any time. But I really must be off now. Shala's back at the lazy turnip, and I don't like to leave her unattended for too long. She can be a bit unpredictable at times. Once again this week, we are coming to you live from my parents' barn, somewhat near the Lazy Turnip Inn in the heart of Half Hill, the little town that time forgot and the years can't improve. Innkeeper Leilan and Den Den invite you to come by and enjoy true Pandaren hospitality and the finest food and drink to be found anywhere, including cold, refreshing Storm Stout Brew. 
brewed right here in the valley by the fine Pandarans at Storm Stout Brewery. When in doubt, reach for a Storm Stout. Thanks for joining me again this week, folks, and be sure to tune in tomorrow morning for another informative and entertaining hour with the Ruby Emerald Show. This week, Ruby gives some more of her excellent tips on outdoor living, fishing, and hunting in Pandaria, including the best bait when fishing for red belly mandarin. See you next week, and remember, free Pandaria. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Half Hill Report or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.